welcome into another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. My name is Rick McClatch. I'm your host today, and uh, and here today to talk about really uh, when Jesus called his disciples, he just said he came up to him and he just said, "Hey, follow me." So it was really just an invitation into a journey, an invitation to become like him by spending time with him. Uh, even the idea of rubbing off on someone, that you have such close proximity to someone that you actually become more like them because you're hanging out with them, you're spending time with them. And that's really our call as followers of Christ. You know, here at the Growing Faith Podcast, we're all about providing resources and conversations that help, I always say, the average Joe in the pews, which is funny today because my guest's name is Joe, but he's not average. So, uh, but just the average, the average person in the pews, um, how did they step into the work of the ministry? The, the pastors and such on staff at a church, their, their role, their, their commission from God is to equip the saints. And that doesn't mean the holy people. That means the people that are in Christ, you automatically become a saint because of Christ's righteousness on you. You were like, well, all of a sudden we're teaching a theology class or something. Like, come on, Rick, back up. It's it's early in the morning or it's late at night or I don't know what time you listen to your podcasts. <laughs> but so today we just want to talk about uh, one example, one story of going on a journey with someone and and what that looks like. And so. Um, Joe Larson. Hello. Welcome in. And uh, man, we go way back. Way back. We're going back to all the way to like 1997. At least. A whole different (laughs) century, you know, like a whole different millennia. Yes. (laughs) And so um, we've known each other for quite a few years. And as as with anybody, as with all stories, uh, your story has some ups and downs. Mine Mm -hmm. has some ups and downs. Um, and like in Nottingham, you hope that uh, the ups outnumber the downs, right? If you want to go all cartoon time. Robin Hood. Uh, I guess Nottingham was the place where they yeah. did not. The ups did not outnumber the downs is the way the song goes. Uh, did you want me to sing it? No? Okay, good. So, <laughs> um, so Joe, uh, we were in Bible college together uh, for about two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, uh, then you kind of went on your journey and... I, you know, I continue doing my plan, you know, like rocking and rolling or whatever. But um, why don't you uh, just give us a little bit of a journey of what did it look like? You know, maybe how you grew up, got to Bible college mm. and uh, what happened from there. And then uh, and then we can kind of pick up, you know, you can give us the, the Reader's Digest. Not that anybody knows That's- what Reader's Digest <laughs> is anymore. More. Uh, but uh, we're old enough that we can refer to Reader's Digest. And, yes. Um, but the Reader's Digest version of, of kind of the journey up until, what, about two years ago, three, yeah. two and a half years ago, whatever it was. About that, yeah. And uh, and we'll just kind of dive in. Sure. So before I came to Bible College, right, was you looking at? Yeah, I mean, yeah. just who is Joe Larson, Joe Larson and how did you get to Bible yeah. College and all that kind of stuff? So I uh, grew up in California. Um I became a Christian in 95, I think it was, something like that, 94, 95. Um, I was not a good kid, grew up on the streets, kind of gangs and all that stuff, and uh, almost died at one point and uh, found Jesus and started going to church uh, down there, a church that I actually kind of went to off and on. And once I started showing 
interest in getting into the ministry. Uh, they had, they had church had just started getting involved with MFI, Ministry Fellowship International, and um, they suggested that I go to Portland Bible College. So started going to Portland Bible College. Um, came up here with some friends, uh, Chris Morehouse, the late and great Chris Morehouse, and Greg Gilmet, and a couple other guys. And, Come on, yeah, and uh, yeah, that was kind of the short version. We were friends off and on, like strong acquaintances for the most part. <laughs> I think yeah. for the two years. I was kind of in a weird headspace even then because I was I was super fresh in the Christian world and still kind of rough around not kind of rough around the edges I was pretty rough around the, rough around the edges um, yeah yeah I remember uh, I remember a couple of uh, close encounters with some other people in the dorm that <laughs> yeah you kind of rubbed them the wrong way and and words turned into shoves and and, you yeah. know, there. I mean, that's uh, you know, especially when you consider you just came came out a really rough upbringing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you I warned you, him too. And like, you'd only been <laughs> and you'd only been only been a Christian for two years. You know, yeah. I mean, that's like that's like nothing. That's little baby Christian walking in the door. You know, and yeah. Um. So uh. So after after your time at Bible college, um. You know, whatever that kind of give us a rough view like what what did life hold for you after that yeah after that things were pretty tough so when i left bible college i missed a whole other story with it itself there was a had a pretty big blowout i got i was asked not to come back for my third year because like grades attitude and just a lot of other things don't really matter but yeah i kind of blew out after that kind of i was doing some ministry here and there with like a small group and like doing prophetic stuff like small presbyteries and that sort of thing and um that I fell away from the Lord from because of sin, and for fourteen about twelve or fourteen years after that, I wasn't necessarily completely backslidden because I still had a relationship with the Lord and was still praying somewhat, doing things. But I was pre I was in a pretty uh, a pretty dark spot after that, and then I started going to the church where I was at before I started coming here. Basically. Okay, so yeah. had had kind of a rough period there, and yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Just you know, whatever we. We come to Christ, it doesn't like totally destroy all sin uh, desires. No. I mean, like the book of James, it tells us that uh, temptation comes because of our own evil desires and yeah. that temptation would be powerless if we had no evil desires inside of us. And and so there are times and seasons in our lives where, uh, man, maybe we uh, we slip and fall and, you know, get, kind of get sucked down the rabbit hole, if you will, of uh, sin is never, it's never the sin that's tempting you that it's trying to get you sucked into. It's trying mm -hmm. to suck you into the whole mess, right? Yeah, it's trying to shame, pull you into the whole guilt. vortex. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so it's really easy. And that's, I mean, it's a good, that's a good lesson for everyone to kind of hear. We're drinking coffee while we record yeah, this, sorry. you know? <laughs> It's, I, it's early I, for me. <laughs> I bring a straw so I don't have to rattle the ice around too much. I don't like much. straws. <laughs> so um, it's, a, it's a good lesson for us all to learn in that, you know, when the Bible says that sin leads to death, when, when yeah. sin is full grown, it leads to death and it's going to bring death in our lives and death to years, right? Like yeah. the Lord wants to give us life and life abundantly the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But sometimes it looks the opposite because the way the enemy comes to you, he's offering you pleasure, fun, 
potentially revenge, whatever whatever the temptation kind of looks like, yeah. because he wants to suck you into his little um, you know counterfeit reality. But what's interesting is when the Lord comes to you, it looks like sacrifice. It looks like um, dying to yourself. It looks like um, you know serving others rather than being served, thinking um, highly of other people and not so highly of yourself. And so when the Lord comes to you, it looks like, oh, that doesn't look like very much fun. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't look very exciting. But on the other side of it, it's amazing. It's yeah. the best. And so it's interesting how just the deceptive look of what the enemy is trying to suck you into. So so you kind of had some years yeah. stolen from you, right? Pretty he much, comes yeah. to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Thankfully, we serve a God that restores things that are stolen. So the years that the locust has eaten are able to be restored. So what I love is that no matter what mess yeah. we, we make out of our own lives yeah. is that God is able to come in and restore. And I guess the reason why I bring that piece up mm-hmm. is because I think it kind of leads into where where our paths kind of reconnected. Yes. Um, is is if we believe that, if we believe that God is a God that redeems and restores, then it doesn't matter the path someone has taken for a time, mm-hmm. even if it's a little bit of a long time. Yeah. For us to plus years. to continue, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For us to yeah. continue to believe that God's got something in store for them, that He still wants them to have life and life to the full. And so, um, let's go like. Leading right up to where we, to where we kind of encountered each other, we, you know, we had coffee together, and there was some Facebook posts and conversations <laughs> yeah. that happened right previous to that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so your Facebook posts were, you know, my recap would be like, uh, church sucks. Pretty aggressive. Church people, <laughs> church people, people suck. suck. And, yeah. And so, like, um, give me just you know rough overview of what you were experiencing at that point and and then uh and then what led you to kind of make those posts sure yeah i was going to a church and um i was like uh, in a leadership role to some degree at the church and um i met a girl <laughs> she usually kept part of the story right so met a girl uh she wasn't a christian at first and uh we were friends for about two or three months um actually led her to the lord baptized her um all that stuff and um I don't know, a few months later, we started dating, and the, uh, the leadership and I had some disagreements with the timeline, timetable of it, and some other issues. And uh, there was just a lot of disconnect with what was going on, basically. And uh, she ended up wanting to leave the church. I started to get, actually started getting plugged in here, coming here periodically on my own. I was trying to get her to come, but she did, we came a couple times together. Um, there was a lot of uh, drama in, in our relationship, sadly. Um, we were not living together for the first year we were together. And then when she was um, a, had her own place, she got raped. And so she asked me to move in with her to help her feel safe, basically. So we moved in together. And then, as you know, stuff, when you move in with the girl that you love, then you know things start happening that shouldn't be happening. And it just led me down a really quick, dark downward spiral basically <laughs> to where everything just got destroyed and uh, fast forward a year later um, we end up breaking up my grandmother died fourth of july morning we broke up two days later so my whole life just kind of just completely spun out of control but i think before that we were connected right before yeah that? a little bit before yeah. that so uh, during that time and i left 
um, the other church I was at, um, I reached out to Rick and I was like, hey, I just need to get, pl- I, I don't know what's going on basically. I, I need something. I don't know what I need. I'm in a super crazy dark place and I have no idea what I'm doing essentially. And um, yeah, reached out to Rick and yeah, Rick so reached back. From, for, <laughs> yeah, so from my side, um, I remember reading one of your posts and you know, yeah. we, since we knew each other, it wasn't just like some random stranger yeah. railing. You said something, I don't remember. Yeah, I was just like, hey, um, you know, of course I don't totally agree, you know, with your perspective. I mean, yeah. I, I hear your pain. Yeah. I hear your pain I and I understand your perspective. Um, if you ever wanted to, to chat about it, yeah, I'd, lo- it I'd love to connect yeah. with you. And, yep. and that's not really my usual <laughs> MO. Like usually yeah. I'm just like, whatever, I'm, I'm not going to engage in that because usually people that are posting that stuff, it feels like they're not really open to having their mind changed at all. They just, yeah. they just want to yell and shout and take other people down with them in a sense. And so, yeah. um, so yeah, so we, we met up for a cup of coffee and really, I just wanted to hear your story, hear what was going on with you. And, um, I mean, you know, I don't know. It was a lot of pain then too. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how you remember, <laughs> how you remember that conversation, but I just remember, I just remember hearing you and, and being like, yeah, you know, I, that sucks. And yeah. but I, there were a couple of points in the conversation where I was like, well, Joe, like, you know, yeah, cause I, I didn't know better. Like, you I know, know you know what you're supposed <laughs> to do here. You know, yeah. you know how you should walk this out, how you should handle this. Cause yeah, you know, I mean, Jesus says offenses, offenses will come. Yeah. So when we're offended, when we're hurt by something, duh, yeah, you know, of course. And so it's all about how we respond in those moments of, of hurt and offense because we know because we live in a world of gosh just crazy you know just sinful people even people that are walking in relationship with god man they they get bumped they do something hurtful and all that kind of stuff and so um so we come back from having coffee and you start coming to church and actually i want to back up a little i just remembered so i think one of the reasons why we did connect was because I needed a place to stay because I was living with her. And we were living in the house. And I was like, hey, I need a place to stay. And you're like, hey, I know this guy. And it was Josh. Yeah. Right? And so he he actually pushed me pretty hard in connecting with you. He's like, you should go talk to Rick. You should go talk to Rick. And I was like, I don't want to talk to Rick. Because <laughs> then, like, we were in Bible college. You're like, I'm going to get judged, and they're going to see this. And he's like, I don't want to talk to Rick. I don't want to be vulnerable at church again. I don't want to, like, plug in. Like, I was behind the scenes. I was fighting it so hard. Like, I was in tears. Like, I'm not going to give it. Like, I'm not going to do this because I'm just going to get hurt again. I'm just going to get messed with again. And the church is going to hurt me again. Like, I'm not going to do it. I, like, fought it really, really hard for for a bit, I think, until I finally decided to, like, we should. Sorry about that. He's a rookie podcaster, you know. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so stuff doesn't get put on Do Not Disturb. But <laughs> No, so, and I think that's an interesting um point that you talk about there you know like offenses will come um but the truth of the matter is hurt hurts you know yeah and when you've been hurt and then when you've been hurt again and then when you've been hurt again Mm -hmm. then you're especially if you're not necessarily processing it uh to a point of of health again yeah um and then you get hurt again before you were able to kind of heal from the first one Mm -hmm. and we all know like generally speaking people don't go through the right process. They don't 
actually heal from these hurts. Yeah. So then they're getting hurt on hurt on hurt. And, and that is one of the things that causes obstacles. And it's interesting because a lot of times I feel like people that cause the hurt were not intending it. No. You know, like. They had good intentions. Their yeah, intentions like were good. they want you to, yeah. they want you to walk in, in righteousness and holiness before the Lord and they want you to honor God. And, but sometimes, uh, sometimes, well, I know me as a pastor in the church, like sometimes I take too much personal responsibility Kind of over yourself. that process rather yeah. than allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work. Yeah. And that can cause some problems <laughs> because yeah. the Holy Spirit knows how to push the buttons in your heart to get you to respond the way you need to respond. A lot of times we, you know, push the wrong buttons and cause the opposite reaction necessary. And so we well, yeah, have sidebar with that. Yeah. Well, this, well, that was one of the things that that was happening at the other church I was going to um, when they were trying to even disciple me and disciple the girl that I was with at the time. They weren't giving like the Holy Spirit room to do stuff. They're just like want to hurry up and cast demons out. And they want to do this. They want to do that. And they want to. They just want to get to to point Z before you know everything else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just want to hurry up and get to that point to where you're free and like have all the answers and you're working, you know, you're working out your salvation or, or whatever. Like there, they, there wasn't the process of relationship, I feel like. And that was happened with, with me and you. And then later on when I got plugged in with uh, Pastor Mark Jones, like yeah. there was that relationship that built from like trust and vulnerability and that sort of thing. And like, that wasn't, that was one of the things that I noticed then that there wasn't a lot of that process basically, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that, I, I mean, I could say from very personal, you know, I always try to be really, really careful because um, we always want to honor other churches, other ministries. And so just to be clear, nothing that we're talking about is to bring any sort of like down speak about any other church because, um, because we could, we could find, you know, the same kind of stories here in our house where we have, uh, you know, unintentionally maybe mishandled a situation or what have you. Um, but role of work in progress. Yeah. Because I mean, (laughs) I can say from my experience in, uh, being a pastor at a church is man, sometimes you just get feeling really busy. And so somebody comes to you and, and it's funny because you look at their life and you go, Oh, well the problem (laughs) is a, B and C. Let's just fix it. Yeah. Obviously. Like it's, (laughs) and most of the time you're right. Yeah. Like, no, I, I'm not even saying that I've mis, misdiagnosed the problem. Like, no, I talked to you for five minutes and I know exactly what the three main issues are. And so, Joe, do this and this and this and let's go, you know. And, right. But the process is much more difficult than that on the respondent's side because, like you said, there's guilt, there's shame, mm-hmm. there's even to some degree some level of like, bondage that you have kind of allowed yourself to get sucked into, you know, in different arenas of sin, it like, it creates some strongholds and some thought processes that become very strong and really hard to break. And so if we're not there to walk people through the long haul, Mm -hmm. that's where, and we rush people and then they're not ready. And then it just, then they just feel like they're a number, not a person. Yeah. And that's, that's how I felt. That's how she felt with there. Because and again, not not talking. That's why I'm not mentioning other church, or whatever. But um, yeah, it was because uh, for me, like you didn't rush me. 
my roommate is he was he was involved with you in a you know pastoral level too and like you guys did not rush me into figuring my stuff out or like hurry up joe like be a better christian like figure like read your bible go pray like whatever like like go do these things right like, there was none of that you let me work my stuff out and you were there basically if if and when i needed you like there wasn't a pressure at all and that which helped because if there was pressure i probably would have totally pushed against it but one of the things during that process that the Lord spoke to me and one of the things that I that I talk with one of the guys that I'm walking with now is one plants one waters and God gives the increase Come and on. we want to skip those first two steps we just yeah. want to like we, we want to give the increase, increase. <laughs> let's do it give me the increase yeah, baby it, let's go and yeah it we, doesn't work that way yeah, yeah planting planting and watering are time consuming yeah and oftentimes they just look like nothing's happening you know you plant yeah. you plant a seed in the ground and you start to water it, and it's a long time before the littlest, tiny little sprout comes out. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of times the process from there like feels like it speeds up. When, once you see that little first bit of life kind of popping through there, then it's That's like, oh, wow, some, <laughs> some really, really grows. And, um, yeah. and I guess it kind of just goes back to where we started the conversation about Jesus coming to his disciples and saying, come and follow me. Mm-hmm and I will make you fishers of men. It was, I'm actually gonna take you from a totally different function and, and by spending time with me, you are going to become this. Yeah. It, it's not like, and he didn't lay out five easy steps to become a fisher of men. <laughs> no formula. <laughs> no, it, was, it yeah. was walking, you know, day after day, year after year, three, mm -hmm. three and a half years of walking alongside, journeying with him, hearing him teach, yeah. Uh, he, seeing him heal people, seeing all of the things His that he struggles. did. Yeah. yeah. And and yet, even then, they got to the end and they were big scaredy pants, you know. <laughs> yeah. No. And it and it took <laughs> and it took uh, seeing the resurrected Christ and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So I mean, it's finally at the end. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's like really important for us to remember. One, it takes time. Two, it takes a lot of consistency and patience. Mm -hmm. And three, it takes the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So if we Can't do if we it. leave any of those <laughs> any of those dynamics yeah. out, I mean, hey, if you insert the Holy Spirit into it, then he can do whatever he wants, you know. But if we leave if we leave any of the parts out, we're we're short circuiting the process and a lot of times we end up causing hurt rather than bringing growth. And so we we talked about three three words, you know, that we were that we kind of mined out of mm -hmm. this of this journey together. Um, one was obedience, and That's I and I <laughs> I think I think that one can't really be overstated. You know, oh. like um, because I felt a certain prompting from the Holy Spirit to engage with you when you were in that really raw place. Yeah, um, and I felt I, the prompting to not be like you know, no, Rick. Like, yeah. peace out. Right. You know? Like, both of us yeah. had to respond yeah. to the Holy Spirit in, in obedience because neither of us was really keen on the idea. No. I told, <laughs> I, I told you the funny story. My wife, Your wife was like, eh. She dropped me off at the coffee shop that day, and she was like, um, you know, probably just call 911 if anything goes wrong, you know. And so. I guess I looked um, pretty bad. I didn't realize it. <laughs> uh, you looked a little rough. Yeah. You looked a little rough. I but. So on the obedience part too, so part of that was, is before all of this happened even, 
um, there was other stuff going on too, and but the Lord was like, "You need to go back to City Bible." I mean, I knew it was City Bible Church, but but yeah, it's like you need to go back to Manor House, and I didn't go, and I felt like maybe I mean I I had that I was filled with that kind of guilt, I guess maybe like if I had gone back to Manor House before that, like none of this stuff would have happened because then I would have right. like, followed that line. But regardless, at that point, I was like, I don't want to go back to Manor House because of what happened when I was, you yeah. know, asked yeah. to come back to Bible college and all that stuff. And I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to do it. I want to connect. And so even reaching out like that was like totally against mm-hmm. my in, my survival instinct, right? Because how I grew up on the street, like the first thing I want to do is make sure I'm protected. Yeah. And me being vulnerable to, to a church who I felt like burnt me in the past was a huge, pro- like a huge problem for me. <laughs> like right. I don't want to do this. Yeah. I don't want to go back to my house. But, um, yeah, so that was a big thing. But it's interesting be- how God directs our paths a lot of times through the hardest points. You know, yeah. it's like an easier path would have been to find, I don't know, like another big church in the area. And I tried, you know, and God would like, not let uh, me be comfortable. Like, let's say, <laughs> you know, Bridgetown, great, great church in town. Yeah. Like an easier Try road. To go there. An it easier worked. road would have been yeah. to go through Bridgetown yeah. where you don't have to deal with the the stuff in your heart the emotions the pain the hurt yeah um but the lord's not interested in the easy path no he's interested in you in your heart in your character yeah in you becoming more like christ and um it's you know it's like jesus in the garden of gethsemane you know like father if there's any way let this cup pass from me yet not my will but your will be, but done. Your will be done yeah like shoot if jesus was praying a prayer like that how much more so are right. we are we in that kind of a place What's where we're excuse? like <laughs> right yeah, yeah like we're not we're not staring down being nailed to a cross yeah. and you know having being whipped and having our beards yanked out and all that and Getting being a man with side. a glorious beard eh? right <laughs> i definitely like don't rip my beard out it's gotten no. better um, by the way looks good thank you thank yeah. you um but um so we talked a little about obedience kind of being the probably the step that opens the door, yes. right? Like, and it's not just a one-time obedience, but it's a consistent so in obedience right. because then there's, because then I think um, I inadvertently kind of let you down a little bit after the beginning, after the beginning of the journey, you know, have coffee together, come on, mm-hmm. you come to church. Um, hey, what's up, Joe? But you know how it is on Sundays. I got people wanting yeah, to talk you. to me. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you're you're hoping for like like let's say a level six engagement, and I'm giving you like a level three. Yeah. And you're feeling like what the heck? What a jerk, you know? Like <laughs> you know, I don't know if I was thinking or, exactly that. Not way. really, yeah. but I think yeah. probably the the thing is like, see again, too busy for me. Yeah. They're too busy for me. It was starting I, to get there. I don't matter here. Yeah. And and those are the lies that the enemy sows into our heart because of the the bed of pain that it's all lying on, mm-hmm. he comes in and he, boom, he plants that idea and it's like just ready to take root Yeah, because of what exists there. And I think that's where Josh came in because Josh helped like prod you and push you and go, no, no, I've, I've been down this road and I know, I know the feeling that you're talking about. So God uses... Yeah. Uh, it's keep like texting him. He said, "Keep texting him. Keep yeah. calling him." Second Corinthians yeah. <laughs> chapter one says that he's the God of all comfort that comforts us in all of our afflictions, so that we can comfort others with the same comfort we've been comforted with. And I think that's where Josh was able to operate with you because mm-hmm. he had been through a really painful road. Yeah, and he had 
experienced some of that same stuff and he was like no no this is how you walk this journey yeah but along with that and a, uh, maybe some more of an acute thought now is if if you if you were available or later on when i got connected with pastor mark jones if you were overly available you would have ended up being my crutch because then i would have more relied on our relationship instead of me having that alone time and knowing that you were there because you were there I mean, you would respond to my text i mean at one point or another but you would respond yeah. to my text two days later yeah, two days later, two days later. but i had that time to really be like okay lord so i have all this junk this this sin this shame this guilt so i had that time to either work on my relationship with him and allow god to do something in me which he did because he like he really gave me some really deep insights of what forgiveness means and how to deal with the guilt and shame of what I did because the biggest thing is my ex-girlfriend at the time, um, she actually completely denounced Christianity. She completely denounced Christ and her whole walk with that and started practicing Wicca. <laughs> so it's like mm. that that guilt associated with that, like were my actions directly responsible, which I, I still feel like somewhat yes, because I mean, she completely denounced her whole walk basically and started going completely different sides. So right. dealing with that guilt and shame, like if I did not understand that I couldn't forgive myself and only Jesus forgive me and like all these other little things that God worked out of my heart. I, I, I wouldn't have been able to do that if it was just, like, I would have crutched on you or my relationship with you or my yeah, relationship yeah. with somebody else if I didn't have that time of seeking the Lord and, and dealing with those like small things. And I think that's a great point right there is because sometimes when you're the one that's kind of the quote unquote giver Mm-hmm. in in the relationship is you can feel like oh my gosh I'm letting someone down oh my gosh I don't have enough to give and you can actually slip into feeling like that person's functional savior mm-hmm. and like you can tell yourself all day long I'm not Jesus you know <laughs> yeah. but but um but you're demonstrating a different belief mm-hmm. you know because um because you care about people and you want to see them grow, you want to see them succeed, that you you slip into this like savior mentality. And so what you just said, I think is just so powerful that God actually, it's like when, when God told Paul, you know, like in your weaknesses, I am made strong. Like yeah. in the places where you don't have it, that's where I shine through the most. And I think and you just preached that message just with real life right there. <laughs> yeah, is in my in my weaknesses, in my limitations, um, Jesus was shown to be great, and honor and glory was brought to His name mm-hmm. rather than me or the church. Yeah, that that Jesus got the glory because you're like, hey, it's church family. It's messy. It's good. It's messy. Um, they let me down sometimes, but God, you never let me down. You're yeah. always faithful, and 100%. that that's and that that's like the the marriage that we have to allow to exist is that God is good and faithful and forever faithful, and His family is good, hurting and broken yeah. and messy, but good. Messy like life. because <laughs> you know it's like. Nope, nobody is going to be like deep in relationship and fellowship with me if they think that my wife is garbage. Yeah. If they're like, yeah, Rick, you're really cool, but your wife, meh, I, nope, don't like her, won't, ha- <laughs> won't have anything to do with her. Well, you know what? We're probably not going to really be very chill with each other. You right. know, like that's, that's not going to function no. well. Um, and so how, how can we think that 
we can love Jesus and hate his bride, you yeah, know, like, doesn't work and, that way. and so, and even though it is not yet the bride without spot or wrinkle, you know, in the sense of how it functions today. Um, and so we, so we talked about obedience and then we talked about, uh, patience, which I think we were kind of just walking through there, the patience to know, like, still working on that part. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, water plant yeah. water then increase and it's the patience to get through the planting and the watering seasons um to before you see the fruit of what's happening and then um the third point that we had kind of mined out of this story this journey is that of vulnerability mm-hmm. and so um talk to me about probably the two sides of vulnerability one the vulnerability when you're kind of more on the receiving side in this journey was somebody else being vulnerable to me? Uh, well, no, like you being you being vulnerable in, uh, or maybe maybe this way when you're kind of on your road to getting back. Oh yeah, engaged sure, in sure. church family and such. Yeah, what role did vulnerability play there? And then now being established and leading a small group and mm-hmm. walking with some other people mm-hmm. and helping now do the same thing yeah. for other people that was done for you. How is vulnerability a part of your walk in ministry? Yeah, so vulnerability, like that was a big thing. So during that time where I wasn't able to reach out to you or to anybody else or get connected, I was vulnerable to God, to Holy to the Holy Spirit in my relationship with Him, which was a huge part of that, essentially. And then that led, I don't know if it's a good segue or not, but um, Josh kept pushing me to take the freedom class. So that led to a whole different level of vulnerability, essentially. So, but yeah, then being vulnerable with you and telling you everything that had happened and like not holding anything back. And then again, when I got connected with Mark Jones and, and being vulnerable with him about stuff that had happened and even being vulnerable with strangers at the freedom class, like people who I didn't know, you know, cause I, we, I was in, when I started going to the freedom class, it was kind of at the, I guess the, the other side of the apex going down to, you know, getting things figured out. Cause um, yeah, I had the, rest- the restraining order. So I had, like started taking anti-anxiety medication, which I unfortunately still have to take, but I take being on anti-anxiety medication, getting a restraining order, I have to go through all that stuff. And like each Tuesday, I think it was a class. Yeah, each Tuesday, one of those things happened. Um, prescribed anti-anxiety medication. Cause my whole life, like I thought I was having heart attacks and all this other stuff. And when I went into the doctor's like, you're just, like falling apart basically we just need to put you on meds <laughs> it's like is that even like a thing for a christian to be on meds too which is a totally different story but right totally yeah that's a different podcast <laughs> <laughs> all together <laughs> but yeah and then being vulnerable to strangers i didn't know anything like um renee was uh, at my table and some other people at the table there so being vulnerable with strangers about what i was going on with and them being not judgmental and yeah. being able to like hey it's okay and we're just praying together and stuff so that was that was really something but uh, yeah, vulnerability. And then even after that, so then I fast forward, I guess, right? So then I start teaching the freedom class with a bunch of guys and I tell them my story too, like kind of what I'm doing right now and to set the tone. And so that made them feel more comfortable. They knew where they were at, like how serious it was to be vulnerable. And so yeah, people who I have relationships with now, if to that level, to have that level of vulnerability, be like, it's okay to talk about how messy your life is or what you, right. the sin that you're dealing with. like Because if you just hide that, then that's where shame comes in and guilt comes in and then the enemy just gets all over it and it just creates a whole big mess. 
So, yeah, and yeah. whether you're the person that's in the mess trying to get out of the mess or whether yeah. you're the leader, sometimes we get this crazy idea that the leader has to have all their stuff together. <laughs> and, and I mean, yeah. uh, one one church that we're friends with, they they say um, you gotta they, they say you gotta sin to be in. <laughs> you gotta you gotta let's see. You gotta fight to belong. Yeah. And you gotta win to lead. I like it. And so uh, because everybody is a sinner, everybody's fallen short of the glory of God, that means anybody can come in to belong, to be part of the family, you've gotta fight. You've gotta you gotta step in to Christ and all that he has for you and because you there is no fighting yeah. sin. There's no fighting sin without no. Christ. No. And then you have to have some level of victory really to then begin to lead. But it doesn't yeah. it doesn't mean the level of perfection. That, yeah, it doesn't mean like all of a sudden you have no more struggles. And also you can um, then turn your test into a testimony. It's not really cliche, but it's true. Like yeah. the tests that God has brought you through should become the things that fuel your testimony. Yeah. And um, and and finding the right and healthy places to share those pieces of the journey um, with the appropriate level of detail and all that kind of stuff. So as not to, you know, almost feed stuff that shouldn't be fed. Right. But I have found like in leading small groups uh, with other other men that um, that so much um, openness and realness comes mm-hmm. out of the group when the leader chooses and especially especially when you have the title of pastor yeah. people come with all kinds of thoughts and expectations and so for me to say you know what um yesterday was a really hard day you know even something like you know what man my wife and i had a, a thing and like we barely spoke to each other yesterday <laughs> oh you're human there, right you're human? there's <laughs> like there's just something that is oddly freeing knowing that I'm not alone in my struggle. Yeah. Because 1 Corinthians 10:13 says that there's no temptation except that which is common to man. Like that there's literally no temptation, no struggle you can face that isn't common, that isn't a natural human battle. And so the lie that the enemy he he goes about like a lion seeking whom he may devour. And how do lions devour? They find the old, the sick, the hurt, and they pick them off from the the crowd. Like they wait for them, they drag a little bit behind, (laughs) and they separate them from the pack because they know, it's an interesting thing about lions is they have tons of muscle. And you know, muscle consumes a lot of calories when Mm -hmm. you're, when you're ex, uh, expending energy and they they actually pursue prey that are not very beefy um, right. they like they're, the they're going ones. after like the antelopes <laughs> and the yeah. the whatever you know and they're super like skinny animals so they actually have to be very strategic in their attack because if they if they actually expend too much energy they're they're at a net loss. Like right. so, say they expend four thousand calories trying to catch their prey, and there's only two thousand calories worth of meat in the prey. Then they will starve to death mm. while feasting. And so, uh, so that's where the huh. vulnerability as leaders for us to say, you know what? 
here's where I've been, here's where Christ has brought me. Yeah. And to say it in a way that always is pointing the honor and the glory to Jesus and his saving power, his amazing grace, and not focused on us and get getting lost on us. Like, yeah. it's, oh, it's so easy, right, to make your story all about me yeah. and what I've been through, but always framing your story in such a way that it points people's attention and their hearts towards Jesus is just so incredibly powerful. Yeah. And and I love actually how you have led that way because you, you've just been pouring your heart into the guys that God's been bringing your way through yeah. leading a freedom group and, um, and just other interactions with people at church. And and it's so beautiful to see then it it's one of way. one of the way right it's yeah. one of the ways god redeems the journey that you've been on the garbage that you've had to walk through yeah. the hurts that you have been victim the to the trails and the brokenness yeah it's just been that was one of the things that it's my it's kind of a side note again so when we before covid hit we had the mfi conference right with bill johnson and uh during the worship service, the Lord gave me this like big, that kind of downloaded this personal word to me saying like, you should have never have left Manor House or at the time City Bible Church, but you did. But now I brought you back and I'm going to restore you back to where you were plus some, now that you're being obedient essentially. And so after that, I had to go wipe off my face. So I was like a big sloppy wet, you know, crying and all that stuff. And I walked past uh, Pastor Mark Jones. He's like, he stops me. He literally gives me the same word and I'm like, I show, I go to, I have to go to the bathroom really bad. So I go to the bathroom, I come back, said, you should read this. And he's like, what? And he read it and he's like, that's exactly what I just said. I'm like, yeah, it is. So it's like, it's immediate confirmation. Wow. So, yeah. It was, wow. It was really cool. And I was like, okay, so I'm listening to you now, you know? And so that yeah. kind of started that process is like, okay, so I shouldn't have left. So now where do we go next? But then leading up to, um, you know, when you asked me to do, I mean, because I told you I wanted to do something. I wanted to, like, help somewhere, teach class, whatever, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But I was still kind of struggling with things still a little bit, right? So when I when you asked me, I was talk, when I was, was talking to Mark Jones, and, and uh, I was like, man, I feel like such an imposter. Like, should I even be teaching this class? <laughs> I was, like, not – like, part of me was, like, not okay with it. Like, should I even be doing it? Because I'm still kind of dealing with stuff, working through stuff. But, yeah, like you said, you don't have to be perfect right. to do something needs to be obedient, yep. you know, and, and be willing to work on. Like, you know, you can't be constantly living in sin and then right. expect to be, you know, yeah. a, a proficient. You got to win. You got to <laughs> you got to win the lead. Right. You got to yeah. be you got to be winning the battle. Yeah. And because and, you know, and I think that that's really a matter of being in a place of obedience. Right. Yeah. Because we're not the winners. Yeah. Christ is the winner. We fight. Tool. We fight. <laughs> we fight from a place of victory, not for victory. Um, and so it's really just a matter of walking in obedience uh, to Christ. And so, man, what a what a great conversation. I, I think we could continue talking on and on about oh, a wow. bunch of the different threads that kind of go through this story. But yeah. um, but obedience, patience and vulnerability, I just think are three great thoughts for people to walk away with today. So, man, Joe, thank you. Thank you so much for being here being a part of this today and just again being vulnerable and sharing <laughs> yeah. your sharing your heart today because i believe that this conversation is is crucial for the church family the the average joe in the pews yeah. to be thinking as they're encountering people one is to know that we're all broken and so mm -hmm. to the person that you think is perfect and has it all together 
has struggles. They have something that they're fighting against, and they're probably way more insecure and way more, yeah. you know, way more needy than you've ever thought. And God can use you to speak into their life just as you are authentic and vulnerable with other people. And again, this kind of just goes right into the value of small groups and community and like yeah. getting from rows in church to circles in groups where you look each other in the eyes and you say, I don't know about you, but this is what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And uh, and here's where I've seen victory. Here's where I continue to struggle. Help me. Can you, you know, pray for me, walk with me. And then we see just the power of the body of Christ. So if you had one last encouragement or word mm. that you just want to like throw out to the audience um you got you got one shot 30 seconds ready set go now that's a tough one I'm trying to think real quick so be vulnerable to like i said before be vulnerable to god be vulnerable with yourself if you have something that you're going through just reach out to the lord first like the not everybody can can always be your crutch a person can't be your crutch we can't look to somebody else as our strength we have to look to christ as our strength and then out of that other relationships will come but yeah just remember to look to god and not to a person to to be there for you all the time be with you all the time to give you revelation all the time in the word and in your prayer time and all that stuff but yeah just keep looking to jesus it's good stuff can't go wrong with that advice yeah all right. Well, thanks again, Joe. Appreciate you today. And you, uh, definitely probably bring you back for another episode. We'll talk about some more fun stuff uh, with that. Hey, thanks for being here today. Thanks for being a part of the listening audience. You guys are the best. I mean, really, you're, you're why we're doing this is to try to just uh, bless, encourage, and serve you. Amen. With that in mind, if you want to email me at growingfaithpodcast at gmail.com, I'd love to hear from you on topics you'd love to hear covered and other ways that we could serve you. Um, and so the way you could help support us is you can go wherever you're listening to your podcast, you can subscribe, you can share, you can like, you can review, all of those things help uh, rate the podcast a little bit higher so that more people come in contact with it. So with that, a big hearty God bless you and have the most amazing day.